Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. It's a beautiful, balmy Sunday afternoon slash evening. Mm-hmm. And we are here once more for a not so serious Sunday on the B and E podcast. That's right. Sipping on a fine beer, mm-hmm. which is so freaking refreshing right now. I I can't even tell you. So I'm just gonna introduce it. It's a Weiss beer from Dones Craft Brewery. Dones. Yeah. So it's so our second time with Dones. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty good, hey. Yeah. Pretty tasty. Nice and refreshing. It's super hot today. Oh yeah. Just light. Just so light mm-hmm. and crisp and mm. Mm. Oh yeah. Highly Just like, like not super dry, mm-hmm. but not a big lingering finish on it either and No, a little dry. But it has no, a but yeah. it still it's it's just yeah, it's nice and refreshing. It is, yeah. Yeah. Nice and light, nice and refreshing. That's what I was going for today. That's that was the right call. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. that's doing the job. So, yeah. you know, tip of the hat. Yeah. And I like Dones. They're just a little, they're, they're just, they have a little area at least for, well, I don't know. There might've been a, actually a secondary you can go up to, but they're, su- they're all so super nice there, especially the owner. I think he's just a, just a really classy guy, you know? Um, yeah, it's just a great little place. Yeah. You know? and I so, find that with so many little craft breweries is like yeah. everybody's so nice in it. Yeah. But community, kind of, you know? Yeah. It yeah. kind of makes sense. You know, it's like everyone's coming in there. They're local. They're drinking local beer and supporting and, and a not, local business. And, and not nice fake, like nice, real nice, like, yeah. like just genuinely kind, cool people. You know yeah. what I mean? Not like, not like that nice, like where, you know, it's kind of a false front, but just like when someone actually like they look at you and talk to you and say hello. And actually when they ask you how you're doing, they really are asking, you know, yeah. it's like, it's nice, you know? And it's like everyone just kind of bonds over beer. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're drink. in a beer, I'm in a beer. <laughs> in fact, I make the beer. <laughs> you want to drink the what beer? What do you want to know? I know. And if you have <laughs> questions, they love to answer it. It's great. Um, yeah. So who knows what we're, uh, what we might just delve ourselves into right now. At least we're refreshed, you know, before we get into this art talk. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Let's see. Do you have anything you want to, any burning things? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, a lot of times we just start this off as like, what's, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, uh, what's going So I've been, um, I don't know if I mentioned this yet on the, on our podcast, maybe in the last few weeks, but I, uh, I started writing a book. Oh yeah. Um, in a book on acting, which has been interesting just like to, to start with, like really, really enjoying it. It's, uh, and you've talked a little bit about your experience with writing your novel and this, this sense of freedom mm-hmm. that you're having with it. And yeah, I get that in some ways it's almost, it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm catching myself getting a little paralyzed by it because I'm just like, Whoa, I could just, there's so many places I can go. There's so many, like I have so little limitation mm-hmm. on what I can do with this. So, uh, keeping myself focused cause I'm not writing a novel, you know, I'm, I'm writing, you know, I'm writing sort of a, 
not necessarily a how-to, but, you know, an, an informative type of instructional yeah. book. So it's like trying to cover the points that I want to make sure that I cover, but I'm realizing that I still need to follow some of the, like the same principles I do when I'm writing a script, you know, which were things that I, I have still like, I, I still come up again and still struggle with, which is, you know, something that you talk a lot about, which is like, stop editing yourself. Yeah. Like, don't edit yourself. And, and so I'm, I'm coming up against that and just being like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, 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 don't edit myself. Just, just keep firing away at this thing. And, uh, and yeah, and it's just like these beautiful things just, just kind of crop up and, you know, maybe there's a paragraph that I'm not happy with that I had written before, but whatever. Yeah. Just You'll like, work it. Yeah. I'll work it later and come back and, and then new, new ideas come. Yeah. You know, when you just keep, keep moving, you know, we just keep moving these like ideas come like that you wouldn't have thought of if you had just sat there and, and trying to come up with something. That's what I find too, is like, once you get, once you get an idea down, it might not be done perfectly, but it actually, you kind of get relieved of it. You get, it's like released and then you can move on to another idea. But yeah. if you're editing that idea, you don't get ever move on from that idea. You're kind of stuck on that thing, trying to make it perfect. Yeah. Know? And so, yeah, I do think, I think it's, it's good to just, and also there's like one I find too, is like, um, cause I've written some stuff, like I, I've worked on some other books that, well, I'm still working on them, I should say, but once I get an idea down, I'm like, good, I got that idea down. Now I can start talking about some of these other ideas I have, right? Because, you know, it's nice. There's a kind of a, a nice completion when something's actually written, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, it's down, it's there. It's kind of like, locked in a little, you know, yeah. it's not locked in, but it's, it's somewhere. Like if I died, someone could find it. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's down. The concept yeah. is there. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the core of it is there. And then yeah, all, all tweaking can, can happen thereafter. Yeah. And you also figure out a way in whatever way you did to figure out how to describe it in words, you know, which is people don't realize like that's, that's, that's actually a pretty challenging thing. Like if you can take any thought you have period, and you can write that down and use words to describe this idea. I mean, I think the real writing skill comes in is like, as you get better at describing and, and articulating these ideas that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. To be able to capture, to capture it really. I mean, totally. there's like, there's that, and that's in so many things like, you know, photographers try and try and capture a moment of something and right. poets try to capture um, usually it's all moments, I guess. Yeah. Art's all about really capturing moments <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A lot of it is about capturing, you know, I think a lot of the stuff that I've done too, even with courses, it's like when, a, when something's being created, I'm like, where, the, where is this coming from? Like, how, how is this even, you know, and it's kind of like, it really is like you're, you're capturing it and it's, uh, sometimes I think when I write stuff, it's not, I almost don't even like to take credit for it in a way. I mean, obviously I wrote it, so I will, but there's a, in a way I'm almost don't take credit for it because it is like, it does feel like a muse. It does feel like some other force is coming through you and communicating through you. And, and, uh, and I don't think every writing session is like that. I'd say probably most aren't, but every once in a while I'll be writing and I'll be like, where the hell is this all coming from? Like, like, and it's just like things align. I actually wrote a blog post. I don't know if you read it recently, but uh, I put it up on Facebook or whatever. But I've had all sorts of people message me and be like, thanks so much for that post. Exactly what I need to hear right now. Um, big for me, you know, blah, 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 whatever. 
And um, I just tried to express some things because I've been working a lot with uh, detaching myself from my materialism, from my success, from my wealth, from anything that I have and, and realizing that I'm valuable without any of that stuff. Yeah. And this is a big, this is a big, uh, part of my journey right now, I think. And, uh, and a lot of people read this post and were like, like that you explained it so well, you know, you explained. And, and when I wrote it, I'm like, I don't even know if I'm explaining this well, but I'm like, this is what I'm getting right now. Yeah. And I tried to just articulate it into words. And then after a bunch of people had kind of responded, I reread it, you know, like kind of took a breath, stepped away, read it a few couple of days later. And I was like, Oh yeah, this actually is kind of expressing. And I'm like, okay, that's good. And I still feel like I have a lot further to go into it, but, um, there's no reason why you can't come back and, and readdress an idea or a concept. No. And, uh, I think the big nugget, if I was to share anything about this post that I really realized, and I mean, it might sound simple. I mean, to, to a person who's aware of this, this probably sounds like not a big deal, but for those who maybe are not aware of it, um, which I wasn't, so much most of my life, I'd say, is that, uh, if, if you say like, uh, you want to be famous or you want to be successful, or you are successful or famous or wealthy, and you attribute any value to yourself because of those things, like you think I'm, this success proves that I'm valuable, this wealth proves I'm valuable or whatever, or you feel you can do things because you have this wealth or this success. But if you didn't, you didn't, you wouldn't feel it. that was how I was kind of right. walking through my life. And I realized that when I have money and when I have kind of that, a little bit of recognition and, I, and things are working out, I do, I feel like I'm on top of the world. And I just kind of trick myself a lot of the time into believing I can just maintain this forever. This, I can just, all I got to do is maintain the success, this wealth, this recognition forever, and I'll be happy. Yeah. That's all I got to do. But of course a day is going to come and it does and where the money's running lean and the, you know, I'm not the most important person in the room. I'm not getting the recognition or, you know, or whatever. And then all of a sudden it feels like my value is totally gone. So this is the other side of the sword, right? So I think we buy into these things because when it works, it really feels like it works, but we just try to almost ignore or deny that when it's not working, that it's some other thing. And so what I've realized is that if I just recognize that I'm valuable, regardless of, even if I have no money at all, no success, no recognition, even if everybody thinks I'm an idiot, but I still see that I'm this valuable creative source. I'm this, I'm this human being then it doesn't really matter what's going on in the outside world. And I can have, this is the key thing. I can have permission to be whoever I want, whenever I want. I don't need these things. And, um, that was a really big one for me. And apparently a lot of people who seem to be connected with me in various ways, uh, a lot of people felt the same. Yeah. So I thought, wow, what an interesting thing. I'm not alone. You know, like that was a good, that was a good part about sharing it because there is this part of me. It's like, maybe I'm the only one that is experiencing it this way, but then people go, no, it's what I'm going through too. You're like, okay, you know, we're, we're in this together. Right. And I don't know how many people are feeling that I really don't, but I'm like, well, you know, if it impacted one other person, <laughs> then Hey, it was an all right thing to articulate into words and share is what my point was for, you know, your book, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, uh, I love that. I have, I haven't seen that post, but, um, you know, I, I'm familiar with the concept that you're, that you're bringing up here and, you know, that, and that's a, that's a, a really challenging one for a lot of people to, to grab onto. I think it's interesting because I think that that's, that's a notion that most people would, like there's a part of them that will agree with it, 
but there's also another part that will res- that resists that so so much. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know the fact that you're sort of on this path, you're on this pursuit of of living more this way. You know, I'm I'm I know it's gonna like bring up its own set of challenges. Yeah. You know, because it is. It's it's a complete it's a complete retraining of how you think. Well, you know, or how we've been is, brought up to think. It is. And if you think about it, if the only way that I know how, if, if really the only way that I believe I can make myself happy is by getting recognition, getting success and getting wealth, if that's the only way that I really believe I can be really happy the way I want to be happy, um, and have a sustained happiness, the idea of me giving that up, even if I, even if I, even if someone says there is another answer, but I don't know how to do that thing yet, like self-love or whatever it might be, but I don't know how to do it. So I'm never going to want to give up the thing that I have. Cause I'm like, well, at least this one thing makes me happy. If the thing you're suggesting, yeah. even if it is true, I don't know how to do it. So I'm not willing to give up my materialism, my external world attachment addiction, really. Yeah. I'm not willing to give that up because it's the one option I have to feel good. So if I gave it up, then how am I going to feel good? That's not worth it. I'd rather just feel good. So I'll just keep it. I think that's why people don't want to let go of it. I know that's why I didn't want to let go of it because I really, I know I, I know I'm in this sentence, I'm blaming the success and the wealth and the recognition for my happiness. But at the time when I was doing it, I felt that if I could just get some wealth, get some recognition, get some success, that I would feel good. And I, and I did because I attached a lot of meaning to it. So then the thing is, if someone said, well, that's not what's making you happy. I still don't want to give it up because I still believe that it's giving me the happiness. The truth is, is that I'm deciding I can be happy now because I succeeded or because I got some money. That's the truth. The money or the success didn't give it to me. This is the the, the thing that it's really hard for people to understand. It's been a struggle for me is that I have to recognize that I might get wealth And I might give myself permission to be happy because I got wealth, but the wealth didn't give me the happiness. Yeah. I gave myself permission, which then tells me once you, once you acknowledge that, then you can go, wait a minute. That means that I could give myself permission to be happy regardless of if I get the money or not. Then the next problem arises. Well, if I'm already happy, why would I want the money? The thing is, is ironically, because you're happy and because you're joyous and you're in your own zone, you will get the money. You get it in a way that you've never experienced before. But a lot of people start, start going, well, I'm scared. I won't be famous. I'm scared. I won't. And whatever, even if you don't, it doesn't matter. The, the key is, is that you're going to start experiencing your more true self, you know, because when, when I don't, when I'm unhappy, cause I don't have money, for example, I'm not really experiencing, I'm experiencing a side of myself, but I'm experiencing the powerlessness yeah. of myself, which is a choice. I, I choose to be powerless. But when I, when I feel happy, when I don't have money and I choose to be, to be joyful for my life, regardless, I'm actually experiencing the power of myself. Yeah. And what ends up happening is if you, if you detach from materialism, you start to experience the power of yourself, which is a much better human experience. Yeah. And so then what, what, if we could trust that the human experience that we're having of power is actually the key that gets us what we want, not these things that make us feel like we're powerful or mistakenly yeah. feel like we're powerful, then yeah. And you're free. You, you, you become free because now like the, the reverse is if I go down this road and then let's say I do get 
uh, recognition, I get fame, I get whatever. Now I'm going to be deathly scared to lose it because if I ever lost it, that means I lost my happiness. Yeah. It's like crazy, but yet we're caught, you know, so many of us are caught in that. We're raised into that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're indoctrinated into that, that sort of culture. And yeah, I, and I think it, it's this difference in, um, you know, having a mentality of, of sort of giving versus getting, you know, where it's just like where we, when we're focused on what we can get, you know, like if I get this and, and, and if people give me this, then I will be happy. Well, it's, yeah, you're, you really are. You're, you're handing over the, the joy that you experience in your life, the happiness of your life to something that is out of your control. Mm-hmm. You know, like something that you, you actually really don't have that much control over. The only thing that you do have control over is what you give, what you are offering, mm-hmm. you know, what are you, what, what do you bring, you know? And, um, and if you're, and if you're connected to joy within what you give, then yeah, the rest doesn't matter. Right. But if you're not connected to that, whether you like, if you don't get the success that you wanted, you know, you're going to be unhappy. But even if you do get the success that you wanted, you're probably not going to be happy either. No, no. Yeah. That's, that's the funny thing is that, um, it's so fleeting. I mean, the, the happiness of success when it's based on the result is so fleeting. I mean, it's so temporary. You, you will probably feel happy but it'll be brief and, and then it'll go away and then you'll need to do another thing. And it really does become like an addiction because you just need a bigger and bigger hit of it. So like, I remember the first month that I made $20,000, you know, in a month, that was huge for me. That was life changing. That was like a, um, I'd never done anything like that in my life. $20,000 to me now a month is like, eh like, yeah, whatever. That's what, you know, that's what you should make. Like, you know, this day and age living in Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) So now like, you know, and so it just goes further and success, same thing. You know, you succeed at something like score. I remember scoring my first goal in soccer, you know what I mean? Uh, and then now, well now it's like, okay, now I got to score another, you know, then it was a two goal game. I remember having two goal games and I was like, I didn't get a hat trick. What the hell? why couldn't I put a third goal and I missed the net at some point, you know, or whatever got saved. Yeah. And I scored two goals in the, in the game in soccer. That's rare, you know, to yeah. score two goals. But in my head, it just became more and more and more. I need to more, you know, and, uh, and it was like that, you know, it's like that with everything. And this has been a challenge my whole life I've, I've faced where, you know, it's, it's, it's this, it's like a drug, you know, and it just, once you get it, you get that hit of that good thing. You yeah. just need more now and, um, an insatiable sort of desire. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I just think it's not very healthy. No. Um, and it's definitely paid its toll on me, you know? So now I'm just at a point in my life where I go, okay, you know what? I, I just realized that there is nothing, no external thing in the world that is actually ever going to satisfy what I think I need to, what is inside here. What I need to do is I need to start being more appreciative of who I am, more grateful. And I need to start looking at like, how I can experience the world as opposed to what I can get from the world. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm not saying I'm all the way there yet, but I'm, I, I've been having major shifts around this area. It's been big for me. And I think it's, uh, honestly, I think it's making my writing and my, 
I've only really practiced it in writing, but maybe a bit of acting, but it's, I think it's making it better. I think because I'm, I'm just so not attached to the result. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I think that this is, um, you know, I want to, I want to direct this conversation towards, um, towards, you know, the acting community. Sure. Right now. Yeah. You know, because, you know, there's so, I've heard so many times in classes and in workshops and stuff like that, that it's, it's just like, Oh, you know, you've got to like, you got to come in, you've got to be confident you've got to be relaxed. And, um, because, you know, like if you come in nervous and like, and people like, you know, tell stories about how they didn't get anything like when they were super hungry for it, you know, like they wanted it so bad. And then sort of the moment when they just stopped giving a shit, they got a break. Right. Right. For whatever reason, this moment they stopped giving a shit, you know, it just something happened. And I think this has a lot to do with it because, you know, there's, especially when there's no context given to like, oh, you know, you've got to, you've got to not give a shit and you've got to come in confident and blah, blah, blah. Like you can't, you can't fake that. Like, cause if you're, if you're not confident and you're faking confidence, it just looks like a non-confident person who's trying to be confident. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like that's, I've, that's never really sold me. Like mm-hmm. it's, it seems pretty transparent to me. And and I, th- I think it does come back to this whole thing of like, you know, your, I mean, we talked about your why, you know, your why of things just said last podcast or two podcasts ago. Yeah. Uh, knowing your why it's like, you, you know, and for actors, especially, it's just like, you know, you're, you are throwing yourself in, in a lot of ways at the mercy, you know, when you go into an audition room, you know, like you have very little control over anything. And that's why I think it's, just, it's, it's so important for actors to, to have a good sense of perspective. I, I, I think that actors should actually be, be, I mean, I think everybody should be trained in this sort of thing, but actors should really be trained in, in like certain perceptions, (laughs) you know, and like having a perception on what you're doing. Hmm. Um, just because if you are constantly looking for that for that next thing, you know, for, to, to get validation from, you know, the casting director for, you know, booking for, for booking this or booking that or whatever. Like, it's just, it's, it's a terrible way of going at it. Like, and I, I'm quite intimate with that because I'm, I went through it, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, you know, have a life, I think is what, <laughs> sort of one of my big takeaways from that was, and I think that's what we're talking about a lot. It's like, you know, have, have a really figure out and get a sense of, of why you're doing this and, and also having other things in your life that are important to you that are unrelated. And again, we talked about this a bit a few weeks ago, but for some reason, this just seems kind of pertaining to all of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, just like this whole thing on, on like what you can get. Like if you're, if that's how you're approaching your career as, as an actor, it's just like, it, it's all based on what you're getting, mm-hmm. what you're getting, you know, it's, it's more like, not just that it, it can take an emotional toil on you and be very painful, but I think that it also limits you in, in your work mm-hmm. as well. It starts to permeate through your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting thing you're talking about. Man, my my mind's going off in like seventeen different directions right now. Yeah, but, 
Yeah, you know, this the thing about getting. I mean, you know, I think um, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of programming we got to break down from ourselves because, uh, you know, um, I you know we are constantly pushed like from an acting point of view. I mean, we're always pushed like, oh, this is the biggest movie star right now, and they're famous. They did this role, isn't it so great? Let's reward them. Blah blah blah. And, uh, you know, you look at yourself in comparison to that, and I'm sure many people out there can relate to this idea. You know, you compare yourself and say, well, you know, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be the lead of the show. I'd like to be the one that's getting the recognition, that's getting the reward. I'd like to be involved in that community. I'd like my family to see that so they're proud of me or my friends or whatever. And we're, we're really encouraged to believe that if we do that, that somehow we matter and that somehow that means something about us, you know, and, um, the idea that it doesn't is just like, people will fight you about it. You know, they, 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 you know, it's, uh, so it's not going to happen overnight, but the thing is it in a weird way, I think, um, you can come at, you know, you can get success from a very, um, attached place from a place of like, you know, just, needing the recognition to feel valuable, needing the success, needing the wealth, needing whatever. And I think that it will ultimately let you down, down the road. You could get it and you could say, well, I left behind a life where I succeeded this way. Or I think you can get success and and these things from a place of more wholeheartedness and from a place of like, you know, self-love, which I think it won't really matter when it fades. But just for an example, and I didn't watch the whole documentary, but, um, it was an interesting documentary. It was about Jake, the snake Roberts, who was a WWF oh, yeah. wrestler yeah. back in the day, WWE now for newer generation. But, um, anyway, he was super famous, you know, back in like the eighties and stuff. And, um, he, uh, you know, he's basically wasted away, um, a lot of his life, you know, and I mean, his fortune and everything he's become an alcoholic and, he's gained a lot of weight and, uh, you know, he's basically to the point where, you know, people are pretty worried about him, like he's going to die. So I only watched the beginning of the documentary, but he, he was sharing a bit about how like, you know, and they, and actually some of the, his friends were sharing a bit about what it's like, you know, when you're famous, when you're wrestling in front of 50,000, 90,000 people, and then you go home to your hotel room afterwards and the high that you get from being in front on stage with everyone. And then the low that you feel when you're alone in a hotel room, because that's really the reality at the end of the day, you were alone. And so what do you turn to, to feel better? You turn to drugs, you turn to alcohol, you turn to things like that. And so he shared, a um, Jake, the snake Roberts, Jake Roberts is not his real name, but whatever it's his stage name yeah. wrestler. I don't remember his real name, but, um, he, uh, <clears throat> he shared a little bit about what happened to him as a child. And he shared a little bit of his relationship with his dad and his stepmom. And it was pretty, pretty ugly. Some of the stuff that happened, but I think he grew up and he was really angry. Um, this is what he kind of talked about and he really felt like he needed to prove himself. So from his perspective, from what I, from what I got from it so far was that he really needed to be famous. He needed to succeed. He needed to outdo his father so that he could prove that he was valid. Cause as, as dad at one point said to him, he's a waste that he would never amount to anything. So I think a lot of his life, he probably spent trying to amount to something. But the problem is, is now he's not really doing that. He's, he's, he's trying to do this thing. So it's fine when it's working. He probably feels 
probably felt like, and I mean, I can relate to this, you feel like you're, you're worth something. You feel like you're proving everyone wrong. But then when that gets taken away, which it inevitably will, because you'll get older, um, things will move on. A new person will come up and kind of take the, take the light. You know what I mean? And now, you, you know, you you kind of have to face that your humanity, you have to face that this thing, you know, is not there. This drug of feeling good yeah. is not there anymore. And, and also I think that there's, you know, and, and it is this, this weird conception that we also have. And I think that this is kind of speaks to that. Um, you know, it, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, you know, in this particular instance, sometimes, you know, you hear the stories of like, you know, and it can be an, an extremely powerful motivator for people to be like, I'm going to show them, I'm going to, you know, whatever, I'm going to throw this in their face and I'm going to be a big deal and whatever. Right. And, you know, you're in a situation where, yeah, like maybe like you're, you're getting all of this, this incredible success and you're like, yeah, whatever. But then, like you said, you're next thing you know, he's going back home or going to his hotel room and yeah. he's by himself. It's like, there's nobody there's nobody who's, who's there suddenly. It's just like, like, you know, where, where confetti's falling from the sky and, you know, everybody's surrounding you and they're saying, you did it. Your dad is, you know, like (laughs) is wrong. Here he is to say, so like, like there's going to be this massive sort of deliverance of all of this crap. It's, that's not, that's not what happens. You're still, you're still left with that thing at the end of all of it. Yeah you know, and that's something that, that only comes from you in, in dealing with that. Well, it reinforces to the idea that his dad actually was right. I mean, because the other thing too, is that if you need validation from someone else to give you validation, what you're saying is that other people's voices are powerful, that other pieces, people's opinions influence your value. But that means that these people who are close to you, you're also saying they influence your value. So basically you're trying to counteract it. So you're saying like this person who's my father, who's really close to me, who I knew intimately, whatever, is saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth it. But if I could get enough people to say that I am worth it, that I am important, that I am valuable, then I can prove him wrong and prove his opinion wrong. But the thing is, is neither opinions even matter. They don't. Neither one has really any weight. I mean, this is this audience's perception. This is his perception. They don't know. At the end of the day, confidence comes from your certainty of yourself. It comes with your relationship of yourself. And I said something in this, in this particular blog, blog post, and, um, you know, and and I think it's pertinent to just mention in this moment, but is that it's not about mastering the world. It's about mastering yourself. Yeah. You know, the world is, it's just going to throw all these things at you. But if you have self mastery, the world can throw you anything and you know who you are and you don't, it doesn't matter. Like no one can, no one can do anything to damage you. But if you don't know who you are and you rely on the world to give you feedback entirely for your value, the world can, you know, so basically what are you going to do? If you're really vulnerable, you're probably going to surround yourself with people who tell you all the best things, all the nicest things. And then if anyone tells you anything bad about yourself, you're going to get rid of them because that, you know, because these people who say negative things, they're going to be the ones that are going to give you that feedback value, right? The thing is, is it's just as dangerous to accept positive praise as it is to accept negative praise. Most people try to avoid negative praise and they, but, but positive praise is where the addiction is. 
Negative praise is the thing that we try to avoid, but positive praise is an addiction because it actually reinforces that the negative praise means something or the negative comments mean something um, negative about us, right? Whereas when someone tells you something negative, like, hey, I didn't like that last podcast you did. Well, that doesn't mean anything about us as people. What that means is they didn't like the podcast. That's it. (laughs) They didn't like the podcast. Doesn't mean we're not good podcasters. It doesn't, that doesn't actually mean anything, but we can look at that and we can take feedback and go, well, where can we, we can improve in this moment right now, as I'm talking, I'm literally doing the best that I know how to do right now. You know what? It might not be the best. In fact, someone could come along and say, Hey, you know, you guys, your podcast, you know, it's, you could think a few things out, like a few bullet points you put in here, blah, 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 whatever. And it would actually enhance your podcast. And here's why. Great. I learned something new at this moment, this time I don't. So I'm doing the best that I can. And in life, that's all we're ever doing. So if someone comes along and says, you did that podcast really crappy, you're a crappy person. (laughs) I'm going to be like, well, no, I, I did a podcast. You apparently didn't like it. And what, what would make it better? Okay. I'll do that next time. You know, like, like, why does that have to mean anything about me? You know what I mean? But I was raised and I think a lot of people I know we were raised with the idea that if someone doesn't like what we do, that somehow it has an, it means something well, about and, us and you know, we or do, at least we're implied. Yeah. That. Oh yeah. But I mean, the thing is, is that we people do personally attack people for yes. the things that they do because you know, we, we identify ourselves and each other by the things that we do. Yes. You know, like very much it's like, Oh, you did that. It was a real piece of garbage. <laughs> You're a piece of garbage. It's like, <laughs> Like, where does, like, how does that even, like, it, it actually doesn't really make that much sense at all. You know, like it, it makes, it makes absolutely no sense. But again, I mean, we've talked about this on past podcasts about like, you know, the haters and the stuff like that. And where it's just like, well, people like that, it's like when they're, when it comes to personal attacks, you, no. that like, you just, you got to shed that. Like, don't even like, you can't even really, really take that sort of thing in, you know, like constructive criticism says like, Hey, you know, like, like you were saying, it's like, it's like, I have a few thoughts on where you could do a few things better. Hey, you know what? Like, that's, that's not a criticism against me. You know, like, that's just, that's just advice. That's just like direction, you know, for how to do something. The key word is against, it's not a criticism against me. It's a criticism to help me. Any criticism helps me. Nothing hurts me. But when there's like a personal attack, you know, like that's, that's like when it's like, okay, they're trying, it's somebody's trying to make something personal about you. But the thing is, is that I, I, I'm under the, the belief now, like in my life that, that, that again has very little to do with me. That has more to do with the person who's saying those things than it has to do with me it has everything to do with the person. I think, unfortunately, sometimes that person who, and you know, they call it a ad hominem attack, basically attack on your character. You as a person, you do something wrong. Now all of a sudden you are not a good person anymore. Yeah. In, in truth, you only did maybe an act that was maybe not the best or whatever. And it's only in their opinion too. A lot of cases, the problem I think is where these people come in and they they try to enroll other people in hating this person in, in disliking this person. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think it further validates whatever's going on for them, but it is all about them, you know? And I think, um, that's the thing about self mastery. Self mastery is realizing that at the same time, you and I are like very, very, we're, we're, we're the same in a way, but it's also recognizing that we're different and that 
your experience of yourself and my experience of myself is what separates us. But our self, you, if I lived in your shoes, I might experience life the exact same way that you're experiencing it, which is for me to realize that if you're hating on me, that, that you must have had certain experiences, which make it make perfect sense to you in this moment, why you would need to do that. Yeah. Whereas like, but not to make you wrong. Cause I understand like you came from a place and I came from a place, but at the same time, we're both creators. We, you know, even the other person on this podcast that hates this podcast, they're a creator. The, the, the damage that they do is by not creating so they can, by hiding behind their hate so they don't have to create. That's real. The, the real damage, they don't, they aren't damaging us really in, in, in a more detrimental way. They're damaging themselves because yeah. they're they're Every time they hate on us and tell us we did something wrong. Now they make it. And if, especially if they're really vile about it, now they can't make that mistake. Cause if they make it now, they are the thing they called us. So they make it, they put themselves in a prison cell. They yeah. can't make mistakes that way now. You know what I mean? So, and, and the only way I think to get out of that shell is to have kind of a sense of humility. You know, this has been my big thing right now. I, I would say it's a little bit different, but admitting my humility is admitting I've been very materialistic and very attached in certain ways to my success, my fame. I've been, I've used that to decide that I'm more valuable you know, or whatever. And, and by admitting it, now I'm free of it because now I, you know, and everybody goes, you know, I've done that too. As opposed to me going, oh, what an idiot. Like this guy over here is so materialistic. If I see that he's materialistic, what I really need to do is I need to look and go, yeah, how do I do that? And why don't I like that about myself? Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I'm recognizing cause self mastery is an awareness. It's, it's awareness that, you know, um, and also, you know, I was actually working with someone who was a past client. Well, they're still a current client, but it was from a past course. We're still working through something. And, um, and, uh, this person had made a film and it's excellent, excellent first film. And I said to them, you know, you, you ought to be really proud of yourself. This is an excellent first film. And like, you know, clearly everyone's loving this and, um, for you to do that for your first go is, is impressive. And they're like, well, I didn't really do it. You know, you did it. And this person did it. And and I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. How did any of these people even come together in the first place? Like who created the story? Who is the producer? Who put it all together? Like, you know, who, who like, you know, you're not giving yourself any credit. Yeah. And so it was an interesting moment because I think what ends up happening is we have all these ways to trick ourselves out of being valuable. You know what I mean? We, we do all sorts of things and then we trick ourselves into taking more credit for things than we need to take credit for. And, uh, I think it's all about balance. Yeah. Self mastery is realizing that I see where people helped, but also you need to see your place in it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also being able to, to receive, you know, when things come to you as well. Right. You know, that's, that's equally important being, being unwilling to receive something that's good, right. you know, like not to, not to create confusion. Cause I know that we had just said, it's like, Oh, you know, like, like praise and, and, and criticism, like, you know, they're both like, you, you don't want to take any of them too seriously. Right. But I mean, there is also something to be said for, you know, being able to allowing yourself to receive good things mm-hmm. as well, you know, from a healthy, joyful place, because yeah, like the, there's sort of a weird, there's a weird, um, there's a weird psychology behind 
just turning somebody away when they say like, Hey, you did an incredible thing there, you know, and just being like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, because no, the person who me. shared that's now vulnerable, and now you've made them more vulnerable, and and they're the one that's trying to compliment you. I think that when someone gives you a compliment, I don't think you take that and I, this is what I I'm, where I'm at currently. I think that if someone gives you a compliment, don't take that as that means anything about you, like you're better or you're a good person or whatever, but take it as the fact that you did something that affected their life in a positive way. You did something that affected their life in a positive way because you did something that affected life in a positive way. This is good, but it doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you whatever. Same as if you did something that hurt somebody, if you hurt somebody, you did a thing that hurt somebody. You, you aren't now a hurtful person. Um, the, the question is now, what do you want to do about that? You know what I mean? If you want to just decide that you don't care. I mean, the problem, like this whole thing about taking on these things, like this whole labeling thing, like, uh, actually I also rewatched the movie breakfast club. And I think it's a really important oh, yeah. movie because that's all about stereotypes and how people feel they have to fit these roles. And once you're labeled that way, now you have to kind of play that role in many ways, right? Right. Life goes on like this. We get labeled as certain things and now we play those roles out. But the thing is, is like, well, no, like if I was a construction worker, I just happened to be working construction. I'm not a construction worker. You know what I mean? Construction worker might be the profession that I do for the time being, but I am not a construction worker. I know construction, but I am not a construction worker. This is the thing. You're not, you are not as a person, an actor, you have a profession of acting. You, you have acted. But when we start making them one, it becomes a really dangerous place because now your identity is tied up in your success and your value is tied up in your success. You need to realize you are a person who decided to be proficient at acting. And if you are succeeding at acting, you can say, I have become more proficient at acting. If you become more proficient in acting, it does not make you a better person. It just means that you've developed a skill and this is wonderful. Yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, we, we, we try to combine them. We try to make them into one. I mean, I've done this. I know I've done this. And these are the types of molds that I've been trying to break with myself. You know, it's like, I am not a filmmaker in the sense that that is not my, my, my humanness. I am a person. I like to make films. Yeah. And I've become pretty proficient about it. I could become more proficient with it. Um, but I enjoy it because I enjoy it. Doesn't make it me. This is the thing. I think this is the separation we need to find. And that's where self mastery comes in. Self mastery comes in the idea that you are not your job. You know, it's like in fight club. He's like, you're not your fucking khakis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you were not these things. They are just like what I happen to be wearing khakis. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm, I'm not wearing khakis. Yeah, no, anyway. it's all, it's all, <laughs> like, yeah, like it's all meaningless. Like it's all, it's all total bullshit. It's not your identity. You know, it's like we like, and and that's to say, it's like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, liking a certain fashion style. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a certain type of music or, or movie or, or enjoying, you know, the things that you enjoy. Right. But yeah, I think that's where that there's that that fine line of when suddenly that becomes who you are, you know, and when something external becomes what you are, 
you're heading down a a path almost guaranteed for a collision course at some point. Yes. No, that's and and that's that's exactly it. I mean, that's the thing is that um and you ride that wave for as long as you can, but if you are that thing, you live and die by that thing. Yeah. And I think um you know, I, I think it's, it's like anything. I mean, it's, you, you know, in, in many ways, I think, we, you know, when we have something that's working and, and we feel good while it's working, we don't really want to give it up. And I think, um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's the moment when things are not working that we're willing to start to, you know, reevaluate. So, um, you know, you could be in a relationship, for example, and you could be like, a relationship is amazing. It's so great you know, I'm so lucky. I'm so wonderful. Well, let's just say that your relationship ends and you find out this person has been with another person the entire time. They've been lying to you. Uh, you know, just the worst case scenario. Does that mean now that you're not lucky anymore? Well, maybe you're the luckiest person alive because maybe you're the one that actually got to become aware of things that you were never aware of before, but it's all about perception. It's all about how you look at it. But for you to define yourself by lucky, by being with this person, you also in the reverse, get whatever consequences you define yourself by, by not being with that person. Mm -hmm. And this is the, this is the thing that I I've been learning about art. You have to be detached from your art to some degree because by being too attached to it, by, by, confusing yourself as though you are it, you actually lose perspective on your art and you set your life up for some real trouble. Well, yeah, because then you start to see whatever the, like sort of, you know, failings of it as your fate, as you being a failure. That's exactly my point. And, and the flip side too, you know, whatever says is like, that is my success. And, and yeah, now you're, you're, you're just, you're victim of the ebb and flow of, of what's kind of popular. Yeah. You know, like what's kind of like what people are just sort of like, which is so passing, you know, you're, you can become, I think that's how, how fads come and go and you become almost your own type of a fad. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, just think about, you know, I, I don't know how old everyone is who's listening to this right now, but I think back of, you know, most of us can look back at when we were in high school and the things that we did and the things that we took on, it's just like, Oh, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to start dressing this way, you know, like, uh, uh, and I'm going to maybe, you know, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start like playing hacky sack and, or I'm going to do <laughs> you know, and, and we start to like, and it's, you know, in, and especially in high school, like you're definitely like at that age, you're, you're sort of exploring, you know, you're, you're trying to figure things out, but, uh, a lot that continues. And I don't think that, that we realize that like high school is just sort of like a real, like a microcosm where everything happens kind of like faster and like on a more sort of superficial level Mm. in a lot of ways, you know, not to say that, you know, if you're in high school that you're not going through real things, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. (laughs) But, (laughs) but it's just like, you know, there's, you, you get caught up in, in the idea of being something, you know, it's like, oh, well maybe I'm a, maybe I'm kind of like a a skater guy. (laughs) Right. And so then you start like doing the whole skater thing only to discover that it's just like, Oh, I'm not really, it's not really who I am mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's not really, and, and it can go on endlessly, endlessly with like, you know, and there's people who, who you could even look to. It's, it's just, it's like, they've got like a new thing, like almost like every, every couple of months or every, 
you know, <laughs> year or whatever, it's like, oh, this is my new thing. This is my new thing. Right. Yeah. And they just get so tied up into it. And then, you know, the first thing goes wrong with it somehow. And suddenly it's just like, oh no, rejected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. I'm on to the next thing because that was just, it was too painful or it was too, it was too difficult. Well, it's like, it's because of the meaning that you placed on that thing. Right. Right. Well, and also, you know, uh, um, it's funny when, when we define ourselves by the group, which is, I mean, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing not to do, you know, because we don't, we're taught that being weird or being unique or being odd, you know, we're taught that these things are bad and we're actually made fun of for being, you know, odd or weird or whatever. Um, but you know, odd and weird and unique are all the ways in which we express our ourselves a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, it's, um, the way we cut our hair, the shoes we wear, the clothes we wear, the car we drive, the jobs we do, whatever, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's funny. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm already under the belief that we're all a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. Like all of us are a bunch of weirdos. And, And the funny thing about it for me is that like in, when I was younger, yeah, like I didn't want to be weird. Like weird was not, no, not the thing to be like, you know, I wanted to stand out. I wanted to be noticed, but I didn't want to be weird. But <laughs> the thing is, is that net, like weird was, was, uh, was an insult when I was younger. Now it's a compliment for me. Like it's gone. And I, I've had people say that to me like later in life, you know, like people who I've, uh, you know, had dealings with people who I've, who I've worked with. And then sometimes like it gets out of sort of a work setting or something like that. And, and I'm just sort of being, being myself or whatever. And, and I remember this one girl actually even saying to me who I worked with, she was, uh, she was Australian and she just looked at me like this one moment on, we were just like a bunch of us had gone out and, and she's like, you're weird. <laughs> and that's freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I think people, you know, people appreciate it. I mean, you, you know, in a, in a way there's a fear to being different, but there's also, um, there's also a nice thing when someone comes at something different, you know, uh, I remember, like, I just remember my twenties, like, you know, if a girl liked you a lot of times she would say some weird, she wouldn't say like, she would say something like you're such a nerd or something. If you really like something. But like back in high school, being a nerd was like a negative thing, nerd or whatever, yeah. you know, and even, you know, but then nerd kind of the, the connotation of the word change, you know, where it's like, you're a nerd because, you know, you, you think this thing is so cool, but it's kind of cool that you think it's so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, but you know, yeah. and, um, and it's funny because the thing is, is too, is, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think when, as you get older, as you, with the more accepting you are of yourself, the more you start to like yourself, you like your little quirks, you like the things that you like. Um, people get enrolled in that, you know, people get enrolled in the idea of like, you know, um, for example, I was at a party, um, just this last, uh, I don't know, last weekend, I guess. And, uh, or whatever. And it was, um, I met a man who does, uh, user experience. That's his, uh, that's his career. So basically they have products or systems or whatever, and they do the testing of user experience. So if you have a phone, for example, they give you a phone, they put you in a room and they get you to play with it. And they just, you know, and, and, and they'll say like, find this or, you know, find the messenger app or find the music or find the whatever 
turn it on or check out how to change the lighting on the settings or whatever you'll you'll you know and so they they kind of try to watch you do it and then they ask you what was your experience of it and yeah. so they try, try to understand psychology and it's a beautiful thing because this goes really far like for example your working environment setting things up so that you have a better user experience of it and i found this super fascinating you know and so the other day i was talking with someone and i told them a bit about what i learned about it because i told this man i'm like can you tell me like can i learn more about this like where do i go and he's like oh yeah you can get a degree in this now i'm like that's amazing <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like okay so i started telling this person about it and they were like blown away they were like whoa that's so cool you know like i mean we hear about it but then they got to hear about the intricacies of it. And the thing is, is like, you know, there's a lot of time where you can be around some people who might be like, ah, oh, you're such a loser, like, you know, whatever. And other people might be more accepting of that. What's important is that I was curious and I was interested and it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. But you know what? It's so much more fascinating if you're someone that's willing to follow your curiosity and your interests than it is if you just talk about everything everyone else is talking about. You know what I mean? I had a mentor back in the day and they said, don't try to be interesting, be interested. And it's really true. You know, by being interested, like I'll talk to people and they'll be fascinated with the things I have to say. Like, how do you know so much? It's like, cause I'm interested in shit. That's it. I just like, when I'm writing a script and I stumble across something or I meet a person, I want to know about it. And then all of a sudden I have stuff to talk about. You know what I mean? Because you learn, right? But if I'm only talking about the one sports team in the city and the, you know, but I'm not saying that's a problem. Yeah. But if that's all I have to talk about, and then you wonder why you're only interesting to some people and not interesting to other people. Well, because you have nothing to talk about. You only can talk to those people who know about that sport. That's it. And then you're, and then you're done for. Yeah. So, you know, we need to expand. And, this, and my point is, cause you said acting, my point is, as an actor, don't you think that's relevant that we should be the most interested people in the world that we should want to know about everything, not just acting. If you go into an, if you go and you're talking to a bunch of producers and all you can talk about is acting, believe me, they're going to be extremely bored. But if you know, like people ask me like, how do you hang out with so many producers? Cause I can talk about fucking anything. It doesn't matter. Like I talk about user experience with them now and that they're going to be interested in that because it's different. You know, yeah. it's not about industry talk all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And that can be, that can be so exhausting, right? You're at a dinner party. What are you, you going to talk about acting the whole dinner party? Maybe if you're around a bunch of actors, cause actors love to talk about acting. Yeah. But change the environment, change some people. All of a sudden you don't fit in so well. You yeah. Know what I mean? Unless everybody really wants to know about your acting, but that's not always going to happen. And so then the thing is, is people wonder why, like, you know, confidence I think is being able to go. My dad used to tell me, he's like, I could talk with, with a king and a queen, or I could talk with a homeless person. It doesn't matter who they are. And, and I, I, I found he's like, he's like, you need to learn about lots of things. Don't just get too tunnel visioned. And I think that was a beautiful lesson because that's really true. I believe that as an artist, you need to have that humanity that where you can go from one range to the next. And I'm not saying I can talk to everybody, but I can about everything they do, but I can talk about some things that they might not know about. And I think people like change. I think that's why we listen. We like comedy. We like things that are different. We don't want to watch the same movie over and over again. We, we do like the same movie, but we want to watch new movies. We want to yeah. watch new stories. Right? So anyway, um, but my point is, is that to bring this back to acting, I think we need to start getting really interested and stop defining ourselves by what we're interested in. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I think, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. I want to like, there's, there's almost like an asterisk that I feel like, like okay, I want right. to put on that. Throw it in. Where it's like, it's like, you know, I think you should follow what you're interested in, interested in. But I mean, that means all of it. it like, like it fits back into what you're saying with like that tunnel vision. You know, it's like, don't just get tunnel vision and think that you're only interested in, you know, one thing, you know, or, or things that are only within this umbrella, (laughs) you know, like go like anything that's of interest to you, especially like the time that we live in. It's so easy to, to be interested in stuff to these days. It's just like, there's, there's information and, and, you know, just, just art and, and stuff at our fingertips that we can just like, we can take in. If you've got an interest in something, there's like a million things out there to satiate that or to spur you on. Right. You know, but yeah, it is, it's, it's like, and, and again, things that are unrelated to the thing that you do. Yeah. It seems like we're going back to our, our, our <laughs> last conversation a little bit. But I, I would say we, we, we often talk, this is like almost a, an address directly to, to our audience, our listeners right now. Yeah. Like, but you know, we often talk about, um, well, what, what we've, what we've discussed already, you know, and we're, well, we're just furthering these concepts, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, Oh God. <laughs> it's Has Evan, the beer Evan's, gotten to you? Evan? Evan's brain fart <laughs> moment. Here it is. Um, no, there was there was something that I just wanted to 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 pitch into this. I swear this thing. has been happening every podcast. <laughs> At least the last the last two. I know that for sure. Um, well, we were talking about like being interested in in things, and um, we were talking about last podcast. We were talking about being interested in things. We were talking about uh, in- be, do what you're interested in, but also all encompassing. You said that. Uh, <laughs> trying to spur well some thought here it's gone it's gone so we'll just have to let it we'll just have to let it go and um yeah (laughs) god (laughs) (laughs) oh you can't even do a cut to it's like introduce the beer because we already did it so i can't even get saved by that one though it's people get to really experience the fact that this is an uncut podcast you know where we're just letting it we're letting it go, you know, yeah. we're, we're, and I mean, maybe you like the whole edited thing, but what's nice is I think it's good to, it's good for people to at least hear and experience the fact that we're not, we're, we're working through this, you know, we're trying to, we're not trying to, to be perfect, you know what I mean? And I think that art comes from that place. I think it, it's a more honest way to kind of express some of these ideas, which is good, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we can always do cut down versions of these podcasts if we wanted to, but at least we're putting out the raw material. We're putting out the, you know, the open-ended, okay, well, yeah. you know, at least that's how we like to bill it. Yeah. Well, that's what I like to think. Yeah. So. No, probably it won't be for everybody <laughs> and shouldn't be. Yeah, no, absolutely. If it was for everybody, I think we really made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that speaks to a lot of, uh, the things that we talk about on here. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're if you're so caught up and worried about all kinds of nonsense. No, I think um you know, I think anyone who's listening to this podcast, I mean, either a friend recommended it or something or somehow you stumbled across it in some weird way, 
but probably if you're listening to it and you're enjoying it in any way or getting anything out of it, it's because you're looking for some of the things that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the reason why we're even having this conversation is because you and I are looking for these things, you know, and not everybody is in the same place looking for the same things. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, I could just say with like movie making, which is like most of the, the best movie makers and screenwriters usually come around usually, and there's always people outside of this number, but usually between 25 and 35. The reason why is I think you've had enough experience in the industry where you realize that the industry is just not going to show up and be like, you're the person that we've been looking for. (laughs) Where have you been all this time? (laughs) You know what I mean? For the most part, for the most part, that's not going to happen. So you've, you've, you've gone through a little bit of the challenges. You've experienced the realities of it a bit. And, uh, between the ages of 25 and 35, people are starting to realize, you know what? I, I still want to do this, but I want to take control of my career. And that's when people start to, who aren't initially already knew they wanted to be filmmakers. Get me yeah. right there. Like people who out of the gate, like they knew like at like 15 or nine or one, that they wanted to be a filmmaker or whatever. Like that's a different scenario. But for, for a lot of people, I think like they, they, they end up coming into a certain medium and they go, well, I want to write this script. I've always thought of the script, but I've never done it. Or I wanted to make this movie. And I think what happens is you have a little bit of life experience. So when I talk to someone about filmmaking, I, I usually imagine in my mind that I'm talking to someone who's between 25 and 35. Yeah. That's what I imagine. Then there could, you, you know, you might be someone outside of that range, but if you're within 25 to 35, there's more, I can be more precise with you. And even if I get more precise and I say, well, actually really, it's more like I'm trying to go for between like 27 and 35. I'm even more specific. And the more specific I get that it cuts out a lot of people, but then it, it allows the people who I'm really talking to, to really feel like I'm talking to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, when we do this podcast, I mean, we might not be clearly specific, but I'm sure in our minds when we're talking to each other and when we're talking to who's ever on this, we have an idea of who that is. And if that person's like, I feel like you're really talking to me, then you're the person we're talking to. <laughs> you're the one. Yeah. And if you feel like this thing is stupid, I hate this podcast. Well, we're not talking to you. So, <laughs> so listen to another one. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Leave a comment. Tell <laughs> us that we're idiots. <laughs> Let us know. We won't take it personal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be all right. Uh, yeah. Well, this has been a, uh, so far, I mean, uh, not so serious Sunday that's gotten pretty, uh, dived into some pretty serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking a lot. I, you know, I, uh, about, about this stuff. And I think, um, I think one of the big things that, uh, that I'm, I'm realizing we're stumbling across on this podcast and I don't think we've ever really talked about it was just about how to be, how, how important it is to be detached from your art. Um, you know, if I, and I, I just relate this to my own life lesson right now. And if, you know, if I was speaking to myself on the other end of this podcast, I would tell myself that you are not, you are not your art. You're not, you, you do this thing and you know, you're working at it, but don't whatever success or failure happens with it. Don't attribute that to yourself. That has many other factors far beyond your value that has to do with it. You know, I used to take auditioning so personally when I was younger, I used to be like, like when I didn't get a role or I thought I should get a role or whatever, I came so close. I mean, I remember they used to call me callback King for like a few years. It's just callback, 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 you know, but just, and I wasn't getting it, you know? And, um, and, uh, 
I kept being like, it's because, you know what? It's because I'm not good enough. It's because I'm not good looking enough. It's because, you know, this guy's better than me and people are better than me. And it's because they don't like me. You know, they don't really like me. You know what I mean? I started convincing myself all sorts of bullshit. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is because my identity was tied to acting. Like, yeah. And to getting the role. Oh yeah. And so, uh, you know, so if I could say anything to that person, I would say, if you're feeling like upset about not getting the role, just understand there's so many other factors. There's like, you know, uh, there's, they might be trying to cast someone who's a bigger name and you're just a temporary fix until they can get that name. You know, you might be auditioning for something where they're never, ever going to give you the role. I'll tell you this, this happens all the time. I just was a reader helping out some producer friends of mine just a while back. They auditioned. I, I don't know how many people, 30, 40 people came in all great, all exceptional. They decided, well, we're, you know, we're not going to cast that role. And they went with a name actress. Like these people never had a chance. It didn't matter what they did at the end of the day. It had nothing to do with them. Yeah. And so this is the thing that we don't realize. I think as actors, we think our success and failure has something to do with us. And it really doesn't. I mean, that that scenario, that circumstance was set up for you never to get the role. It didn't matter what you did. Yeah. It never would have happened. You know what I mean? And I can tell you from the intricacies of the, of being on the inside circle, it was never going to happen. And so then, you know, and there was all sorts of factors as to why. And, and, and they were, you know, um, and, and there were certain actresses that came in for this particular role who were exceptional, but they were like, well, this one won't work specifically because her, like just the way that she looks right now doesn't fit with this thing and the way we're trying to do it. So she was cut out, even though she was exceptional, like yeah. exceptional. And so then you go, well, if you attribute that to your value and you, and you make that mean something about your acting craft, I mean, you, you're confusing your craft and yourself. And also, um, and I, and I hope this never happened to this person, but I hope they didn't go away and be like, well, I need to, I need to act better. I need to change my acting. Cause it's like, no, you did, you did everything great. you like, in fact, if it wasn't going this way, you probably would have got the role, you know, but there was a couple factors that were in the way that were not going to let it happen. So anyway, my, my point is I just want to try to illustrate the fact that there's so much more going on. Like right now I'm up for a writing job and the studios are looking at particular, like they weren't when I was, when I was offered potentially the job, but now the studios are looking at it. So I might get cut off as the writer and they might actually go with a bigger writer who's more established. Do I want to take that personally about my writing? No, it just means that the current status that I'm at as a writer and what I've done might not work out. I still might get it. So I'm like on the fence, but I need to not make it personal about me. You know what I yeah. mean? Because if I make it, well, it's like, oh, because I'm not as good of a writer and they don't really believe in me. And like, they're only doing it because they can get me for less money or whatever, you know, whatever story yeah. can come up in your head. Right. So anyway, I think, um, the big, the big thing that I'd like to share about this podcast is that we need to be detached from our art. We need to see that our art is something we do, but it is not us. Well, yeah. I mean, these things as well, like these, uh, these mentalities that we have towards, what we do and towards our, our art that, that don't bring us joy, you know, like those are things to do away of, you know, it's, if, if you're, if you're in discomfort, like in this, in this example of, you know, if, if this so happens that, you know, they go with a different writer for something that you were attached to, right? Like you, you know, it's completely understandable 
Mm-hmm. That's the thing about like a lot of these situations where it's just like, or, or for an actor, it's just like, oh, you know, like I really worked so hard. I got a coach. Like I worked this, you know, so like so much and, and I, I didn't get it and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like on and on and on it goes. And it's completely understandable. You know, there's, I was like, yeah, absolutely. You worked very hard and you wanted it very much. And you know, like you're, you are completely within your right to be upset. But then my follow up to that is, but why would you choose to, Hmm. why would you choose to be upset over this? What is there to gain over being upset about it? Right. And there's, and there's nothing to be gained. There's absolutely nothing to be gained. Mm. And, and again, it just points to, you need to detach, right? <laughs> you need to detach yourself from these results. You need to detach yourself from what you think this, m- this means. It doesn't mean anything. It means literally nothing, but we do. We, we, we make up these stories because we, to try and make sense of everything and, and to make sense of our world. And, and a lot of these stories are actually pretty insane. Mm. Like they actually are when you, sometimes you put, put these stories, like that's why I think journaling can be such a therapeutic thing for people to do, especially mm-hmm. when you just do like kind of like a stream of consciousness where you can put that crap out there and then you can see it in words right in front of you and you just go, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's absolutely nuts. Yeah, it is. Like, why am I even thinking that way? That's, that's, that's absurd. I'm, I'm listening to the voice of an insane person right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let it go because it's causing you if it's when it's so painful, when it's causing you so much discomfort, like, why would you want to hang on to that? You know, we want to be happy. Like all of us people want to be happy despite all of the, the sort of seemingly destructive, or self-destructive habits and behaviors. Ultimately, we are all trying to be happy Mm -hmm. in this world. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it's like, so stop getting in the way of that, (laughs) right. By feeding yourself a bunch of nonsense that doesn't serve you in the long run. Anyhow, all that those stories do is, is make you sort of a a victim, Mm -hmm. you know, a victim to the fates, which again, we've been talking about. It's like, then you're that again, it just, it just points from, from one sort of kind of crazy belief system to another, right? It's like this one goes to this one, this one goes to this one, this one goes to that. It's like, and now this one saying it's like, well, this is now pointing to, um, oh no, 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 no. Um, we have these belief systems and they're pointing in various ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and, and so we had started on, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's so hot. It's so hot. It is. Well, I'm literally leaving a puddle under me right now and Um, we're on a leather coat. It's just making me delusional. Just making excuses. Um, an air conditioner in this But, um, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, the whole sort of like the, the victim thing, you know, like, and, and we, we make ourselves victims, you know, because, and then, and sort of say that we don't have the power and, and these things, but, and that just points to how we've been setting our goals, which we've been talking about, you know, it's like, you've been setting your goals on something that you need to get from outside of you, something that, that someone needs to give you to be happy mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, it's like, Hey, I'm doing this cause I love this, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't matter if I get this part or not. I don't care. I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) 
right? Like, but it's a very, it, it, it is so counter to again, how we, so it's not an easy thing that we're saying for people to do. It's not an easy thing, but it's a worthwhile endeavor to, to go towards. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Anyhow, I managed to save that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Well, I think if we, if, if with our goals, we went more for the experience of what, if we went more for the experience and less for the result and less for the thing we're going to get, we would have a better, a better time. Um, and I don't, and I was going to say about actors, I don't think actors should, well, definitely with actors is don't, don't get assumption feedback. Like don't give yourself assumption feedback, which is like, I didn't get the role. So that must mean that I didn't do a good job or whatever feedback you think you're getting. You're not getting feedback unless you're getting actual feedback. You're not really getting feedback. Um, get people around you who, who you trust. I mean, I remember when I first, um, was, was auditioning a lot, you know, I got my agent and you know, I'm in the beginning of your career. I think this is good later on, maybe not so much, but you start to get a handle on it. But in the beginning, get your agent to get feedback. Like what, what, you know, what was it where like, um, and get them to ask some questions. Like, can you give us any feedback? Would you bring them in again? Um, would you not bring them in again? What, is that, what do they need to work on? What's the thing, you yeah. know? And the, and, and if it was fine, just tell us it was good, you know? And so then they can go, no, it's great. It's great. No problem. Or they'll say, well, you know, they weren't bringing the emotional depth to the scene or blah, blah, blah. That's actual feedback. But, and if you weren't bringing the emotional depth to the scene or whatever, doesn't mean that you're not a good actor. It just means that you need to work that area or that you don't have emotional depth as a human being. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't mean you don't have emotional depth as a human being. Yes. Um, (laughs) and so anyway, I think, um, you know, we need to, uh, you know, we need to get out there and, and, and try this stuff and separate ourselves from it. But also like, yeah, don't, don't take feedback by assumption. Don't, don't make up a story about something, you know? And I think the more that people understand the industry and they understand the business of how this all works, the less they'll take things personally. And I think that's really good. I think that with this podcast, what we're really trying to do, we're we're trying to give you the encouragement and permission to go out in there and do the thing that you want to do and not be fearful about it and not be attached to it, but also to understand how the industry works so that you can better navigate it because, and not let it, uh, you know, I see so many actors, they get older, especially actors and they get older and they get jaded, you know, and they start believing it'll never work out. Um, it's actually a line in the breakfast club where you remember the, the, the girl, the weird girl. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. she said, you know, when you get older, your heart dies. <laughs> and I thought that the first time that that line really, I've really heard it actually. And I thought that's so true. You know, people's heart dies. They get older. They, a lot of people let their heart die when you're younger, you have all this belief and vigor and this ideas and these dreams. And as you get older, you become quote unquote realist. Yeah. But you're not a realist. You're fucking out of your mind. You just created a <laughs> bunch of stories that are bullshit. That's not realism. Yeah. That's not realistic. Yeah. You, know? you had like one experience or, you know, two experiences of something. And now you've made that the truth yeah. of a situation. And it's just like, yeah. And like, I think the thing is, is realists like to call themselves realists. I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a tiny rant here. All right, let me get the soapbox. <laughs> pull, Mini it soapbox. pull it out. It's time. Um, but realists don't call yourself a realist unless you actually understand like the data of the actual business. Don't, don't call yourself a realist because you have beliefs that are defeated. You're not a realist. You're a pessimist. 
There's a totally different thing. It just means that you don't believe things are possible anymore because of whatever nonsense you created in your mind. An optimist, you might not have all the real, you might not know all the data, but you believe things will work out. Neither of you are right, so don't fight about it. Neither of you know anything. You're both wrong, okay? (laughs) A realist is someone that actually, a real realist, an actual realist, would be someone who actually goes, okay, I've looked at the data, I've looked at the statistics, I've looked at how things tend to work out, and based on these this understanding of how the industry actually works and the odds, these are the odds. So do I want to play those odds or not? You know, when someone says, well, you'll never make it because you're not good looking enough to be an actor, something that was said to me. Well, in some ways, maybe that's true. Maybe there is some truth to that in their opinion. But is it the truth? No. Do they base that on the data? No, they base that on their opinion, on their belief. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, the other thing is, is like, why is that the most relevant thing, whether you can be an actor or not either? You know what I mean? But to them in their mind, that's what they thought. So my point is, is that don't be a pessimist and call yourself a realist. Be honest with yourself and call yourself a goddamn pessimist. You're jaded. You're upset. You don't have the data. You want to go get the data, go get the data and then play with it. You know what I mean? Cause like, Oh, you can't make it in your thirties. We can list out a whole bunch of people who made it in their thirties. Don't, don't give me and that And in their forties. And their forties and later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the thing is, is, and, and then this whole idea, what is making it? Don't, don't, don't use your term of making it. You don't even know what making it is. You know, for some people, if they worked their whole life working at Walmart and then all of a sudden they did a few roles in television for them, that could be making it. They don't need to be like the biggest star winning an Oscar. But if they started to have a successful career as an actor, they would be like, I made it. I I actually became an actor. You know what I mean? So other people's idea of making it like, do you need to be Tom Cruise? Like, do you need that much money and that much fame for you to succeed to make it? Your make it idea is totally nonsense. So my point is, is that we really, really got to be mindful of these terms and we got to be more honest with ourselves. And I think it all comes back down to self mastery. Don't call yourself a realist when you're just a pessimist. And if you're an optimist, be honest about it. Okay. I believe these things will work. I, I don't have the data. Part of this podcast is try and fill in some of that data, make it a little more real for you. So your optimism can be backed up with real world stuff. And if you want to be a pessimist, we'll back it up with something real. And I'm not saying that the pessimists are bad. I just think that pessimists can be destructive sometimes when they let their beliefs destroy people who actually believe in possibility. And I don't think that, um, being a pessimist is always a good thing in the world. Oh yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that, you know, definitely given the option between the two, I mean, the optimist is probably going to at least be happier, which indicates a somewhat better way of thinking about things. Yeah. You know, I I mean, yes, pessimists will be safer, (laughs) but the thing is that, you know, the optimists or optimists are oftentimes really, uh, really susceptible to be, to becoming pessimists. Yes. You know, be like if, if there is, um, sort of a disregard for, for the reality, you know, it's just like, well, I'm going to remain optimistic despite all of like the things saying that like, this is not, this is not happening. This is not working and whatever. And, and it's like, you know, there's, you know, there's something admirable about it, but sometimes if like, it's, if you're just causing yourself a lot of pain, once again, just by, by ignoring that, 
then, you know, again, that's why sometimes optimists just suddenly become pessimists. You're just like, yeah, I did that, but now I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I thought it was all going to happen for me. And then, <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you know, there's that, I mean, that could be any, that could be a multitude of things, mm-hmm. you know, it could be just like that, what we've been saying, you were, were blind or ignoring, you know, the, the reality of, of the world, the, the reality of your industry, the reality of your situation, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that started chewing away at you or, um, you know, you, you could have, your goal to, to begin with could have been something that you actually truly didn't even want. No. You know, or you didn't even realize what the thing was that you would, that you would wanted. You know, I, again, I'm, I'm going to bring this up again, but it's, it's such a great quote that's just been going through my head. But Jim Carrey, you said, you know, I, I hope you get everything that you ever wanted to realize that you don't, it's not what you wanted. Hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Like it just, it puts you into a place where you've got to dig a little bit deeper, dig a little bit deeper. And it's, it's great. Like it's, it's a fantastic thing to actually kind of embrace. It's uncomfortable. Um, but you know, these, these, those places are just sort of the gateways to like discovering, discovering something deeper about yourself, you know, and that's, the most worthwhile journey that we can do on our time in this world, Mm. you know, know thyself as has been told (laughs) to us many, 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 many times. Mm -hmm. And to know thyself, you're not going to, you're not going to know thyself by, you know, just, uh, shifting to what you think the world wants you to be. Mm. You know, you do that by putting yourself up against it by, really taking a look at the things in your life, the thing, the places that are, that are causing you discomfort, the places that are causing you pain, seeing what that is, seeing where that comes from. Yeah. Where does that lead you? What leads you out? You know, like it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And, and we avoid it because it's not the easiest thing to do. And it's, and it's not, it's so ephemeral, you know, it's like, you can't really touch it. You can't really, it's all just our own experience of, of our own consciousness. Right. We're just like, I, I don't know. There's no certainties here. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's all in just your, yourself. It's all in just your, your own thoughts and, and desires. And, but the thing is, is that I, I, I like to keep saying this is that you're going to come up to some level of this at some point. Yeah. There's no getting around it again. Not, it doesn't matter what level of sort of material success that you get in the world. You're, you're, you're going to come up against it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be thrown these things in life that are just going to make you take a look at yourself and take a look at what you really want, what you're, what you're doing in your life right now. And being like, is that, is that what you want to be doing? Are you, are you in pain? Are you joyful in your life? No. Then take a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> take a look. Don't. And then that's when the, the, the abuse happens, you know, like that's, and, and there's so many stories and fingers that you can point to like examples of suddenly just people just go on. Like you're talking about this story of, of, um, Jake the snake. Jake the snake. Yeah. Bring this full circle here. (laughs) 
here was a guy who on the surface kind of had everything. He had the fans. He was probably making a lot of money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there was a lot of, there was a lot of pain that was going on there that he just wasn't looking at that. He was, that he was drowning with, you know, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Silencing this stuff out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and and that's the thing is like, do you want to like, do you want a life where you get everything you want and it just drowns out what's really going on? Or do you want to, or do you want to, um, not need to drown it out and actually be who you are and then decide what kind of life you want to live from there and decide how you want to live your life. I mean, I think a lot of times people feel like the pain they have is what's going to motivate them to have the things they think they want. But, um, I think that with self-acceptance, you end up, and I'm not saying it's easy because, um, you know, I'd say a lot of my life I was motivated from reasons of needing to feel good enough and needing to be lovable and needing to be valuable. You know, I've been motivated a lot in my life from that. And I'd say now more recently, I don't, it's definitely not, I'm not motivated that way. I mean, almost, almost not at all. Yeah. And so, um, in certain ways, maybe still, but almost not at all now, not compared to the way it was. And so the, the, the hard thing and the transition that I've been going through is like, well, what motivates me? You know, if I'm not yeah. motivated by that, what am I motivated by? You know? And, um, I've had to rebuild my motivation or reconnect maybe with my motivation from a new place. And I've started to become aware that I want to be motivated to do stuff because that's how I want to live. That's how I want to experience life. That's who I want to be in my life. And it's such a more peaceful place to be at. I went to a party and I shared this, I met that man, but I met that man because I went to this party and I said, well, how do I want to experience this party? Not like, do I want everyone to look at me as so special and so great and whatever, but just how do I want to experience it? Who do I want to be and how do I want to express myself in the world? Yeah. What's the state that you want to be in? Yeah. In and so, life? yeah, exactly. And so I decided, <laughs> you know, a lot of time, uh, I give myself permission to be charismatic when things are really working out for me. I love to talk about how great everything is going, you know? yeah. but when things are not going so great, I find I'm not as charismatic on, on average. Yeah. I'm trying to change that. a little more antisocial. Sure. And yeah. Yeah. And some more shut in and stuff. So I decided, you know what? things are, there's nothing really special right now. I mean, it, it's all relative, but in my own perspective, cause it's like a drug, right? It always needs to be better for me to feel like something great is going on. Yeah. But I decided I'm just going to go there. I'm going to connect with every single person at this party. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be uh, charismatic. I'm going to be, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to access these things that I already have, these skills I've built. And you know, I made like several friends at the end of the day, like we're, we're going to be in touch afterwards. And actually some of them we have been. And then afterwards, because I connected so well with these two people, they said to me, Hey, we're going to go to this live concert. Do you want to come with us? And they were like, and I I was like, Oh, okay. They're like, no ticket, no lineup, no anything. We'll just walk right through. We know the people like, you're really cool. Like, because I was being who I was being, opportunity came out of it. That's the lesson I'm trying to say is that I could have worked so hard to try and get this opportunity. But like the thing is by just simply being in a weird way, you invite the world to give you everything you ever, yeah. you don't even know you want it. And then and you're it, like, this is amazing. And it wasn't because of, you know, some title that you had because of some level yes. of celebrity and fame, you could have been a total, like, you know, an absolute 
celebrity, someone that, that like, you know, was a household name and met these same people and been a total douchebag asshole. And they'd be like, all right, let's ditch this guy. And like, (laughs) yeah, like get to this concert. Right. Like it's, well, I met, and you know, I'll tell you something. So I met some people at this concert too. Um, you know, chaos, uh, yeah, yeah, right. He was there, was hanging out with him. And yeah, no, I, I met him. I met him a few years ago actually. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a super cool guy. And anyway, um, uh, we were all just chilling. We're all hanging out. And, uh, someone came up to me, one of the people who I was at the party with originally and said, you know, you're so chill. You're just so cool. Like you just get along with everyone. And, and I was like, well, what a nice compliment because, um, and they were saying, you know, sometimes I even get starstruck, you know? And like, I just get, you know, wow. I'm like hanging out with this person. I was like, but you're just like, you know, and I, that's the thing is I was just like, I'm going to look at every single person, like a person, actually one of the guys, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't know who he was, but I guess he's a pretty big deal. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm not going to get into say who it was. I should maybe have known. I don't know. But anyway, I was like, Hey, what's your name? And he's like, uh, and he introduced himself. He's like, wow, I'm not used to having to introduce myself. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah, whatever. And then he and I chatted cause we were just like, cause I just really, I think looked at him like a normal person, not like some celebrity. Right? Yeah. And there's a, there's kind of a, just a human connection. It's not like I looked at anyone as a celebrity, but just because we had that moment. Right. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And I know. And so my point is, is that I think, you know, I could be like, Oh, I'm so great. I'm hanging out with celebrities. Or I could just be like, I was hanging out with some really talented, cool people. And it wasn't weird because yeah. we were all just connecting as human beings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was people neat. who are putting their, their work out into the world exactly, and, you know, and doing right? it as authentically as they can. Yeah. And yeah, exactly what we've been talking about. Right. So we should actually do a podcast on being starstruck and what the heck that's all about. Cause I remember being starstruck when I was younger and I don't feel like I get starstruck anymore, but I mean, maybe you put me in front of like Scorsese or Leo, I might start to be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. I just look up to them so much. But, um, anyway, my point is, is that, yeah, like, <clears throat> like at the end of the day, you, you start to realize that everybody's just people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everybody's people. And I think it's really cool when you admire someone's work and you admire their kind of success or whatever. But also the thing is, is I could have looked at it and been like, who am I to hang out with these people? But I looked at it like, you know, I'm a person, they're a person and we're all, and they looked at me like a person. Cause I came at, I came into the group as a person on the level, not a person who was like, I'm so lucky to be here. You know what I mean? So my point is, is that it doesn't really matter where your success is. I think what happens is people really like genuine authenticity. I think that it doesn't matter where anybody's status is. If you're genuinely authentic with them, there's a respectable thing about that. There's a, you know, um, anyway, and that was, a, that was a good experience for me just cause I've been trying to push on that, right. To not, to not let my value be by, determined by my status in the world right now, but to yeah. be, to, to, to let my value just be. And for me to, to, um, simply be in who I am and understand that everybody in many ways has the exact same struggle that I have it might be different. They might understand it differently, might tell it differently. But at the end of the day, we all want to be valuable. We all want to be important. We all want to, we all want to feel good. You know, we all want to feel joy and like we have some point in this world. And if we all realize that everybody's doing that, we all start to go and just look at each other and really see each other and not like, you know, make someone better or whatever. I just think starstruck's kind of weird because it's like, why do I think that this person is better than me? Like not, what they've achieved is more than I've achieved. 
hands down. But but if I look at it like they're better than me because they achieved it, that's messed up. That's yeah. There's something you know bizarre about that, right? But I think in in our society you know, that happens a lot. Um, so anyway, uh, it was an interesting experience for me. But I, but I realize, uh, you know, we can just be who we want to be. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life. And I think through being who we want to be, we actually get everything we want. Yeah. 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 One of those, those wonderful little paradoxes yes. that just like throw our minds into like this where it's like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense, but yet it makes complete sense. <laughs> I love totally. those. I yeah. love those little, those little gems. Yeah. Well, so, uh, anything to leave them with or aside from what we talked about? Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think it's, uh, we've run our course here. Yeah, I think so. With things and, um, yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's like a big, big thing with this was, uh, was results and attachments. I think that was, that's what's jumping out into, into my head here and, yeah. and just how, how our attachments and, and also, um, by attachment also, I think, um, identity and identifying is, it, it plays into that, you know, mm. it's like identifying with, you know, your works, identifying with these things that really, you know, they're things that we do or they're the, you know, they're clothes that we wear or whatever. It's just like, it's all, it's all kind of, it's fun, but it's meaningless in a lot of ways. You know, it's not really who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to really know who we are, I think is, is another thing I just want to leave, leave with where it's like, you know, it's, it's not an, it, it's the most worthwhile and also one of the most difficult tasks you'll ever do. You, so you might as well consciously be part of it because it's going to happen no matter what. Um, and when you're, when you know that you're actually like engaging with that (laughs) and you're consciously engaging with it, then it makes it a hell of a lot easier and you can move through these things and come to the next challenge, you know, a lot a lot sort of quicker and, and sort of be part of you, be part of your own evolution. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, don't identify with, with all of, all of the crap, really, really get in touch with, uh, with yourself and with your joy. Mm. Yeah. Like follow, follow your joy is the, is the biggest thing. And just, and and that, that doesn't come from anything that anyone can give you. Mm that all comes from you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to comment on a lot of what you said. And, uh, I mean, I would say, yeah, just say detach from your art. See that it is not, your art is not you. It is just something that you do. And, um, if this, you know, and this, I think this podcast, listen to other episodes about how to better understand the industry, because that's what we're really trying to do as an artist, try and help you figure it out. And I think, um, as you detach yourself from your art and you see that it is something you do and you're separate from, you'll be more open to understanding how to navigate this industry, but from a place of integrity and authenticity and genuineness, you know, and I think that that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to figure out, you know, and, and this is my, my struggle. And I'm sure as much as yours is, uh, how do I be authentically, truthfully, genuinely me in the world and at the same time, um, navigate this business and, and find that balance where I don't get so high in myself that I need to do it my way, but I don't compromise myself so much that I think I need to do it their way. 
and by there, I mean us all really, um, our perceived way. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's really what we're trying to do here. So I think, uh, the detachment is one step closer to being more authentic in your, in your artistry. And by learning more about this industry, have it even be music or film? Cause that seems to be our main focus really. Like we, we try to venture into others, but maybe we will more in the future, but right now music and film, we're trying to break down these businesses a little bit more. And I'm sure other businesses have parallels. I just don't know them well enough to say they do. But, uh, as you start to understand the realities of this business, don't, don't let what has happened or what is happening, um, change you. If you see that you're just let it help inform you. That's, that's really it. So I don't know. That's really what I got. <laughs> Beautiful. Cool. Beautiful. All right. Well, another not so serious Sunday in the books. Not, yeah, not so serious. Real hot one. Yeah. <laughs> Real hot. Real hot. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.